Welcome to the Financial Advisors Advisor, the podcast offering guidance and advice on all things concerning financial advisors, RIAs, and the practitioners. Brought to you by Elite Consulting Partners, it's the go-to podcast for any financial advisor in the wealth management business. Learn more and subscribe today at ercadvisors.com slash podcast. And now, here's your hosts, Frank LaRosa and Dale Dempsey. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our podcast. This is Frank LaRosa, the CEO of Elite Consulting Partners. I am joined here with my co-host and COO, Dale Dempsey. Say hi, Dale. Hi. How you doing? Superb. <laughs> Got a lot of pizzazz today. We're glad to be here. We're glad uh, everybody else is here. Hopefully, you're listening for the right reasons. We appreciate you joining. For those of you uh, listening right now that don't know me, I was a uh, former advisor, Prudential Securities, Smith Barney back in the day, branch manager, complex director, uh, you name it, chief bottle washer, uh, did all that stuff. Now I am the COO of Elite Consulting Partners. We are a transition consulting firm. We work all across the country. And our purpose today and every day is to provide insight, updates, thoughts and ideas on the things that we feel advisors in today's industry should know about, whether it's sort of hot topics that are being announced um, or just things that we come across on a daily, weekly, every other hour basis that are important. We'll try to keep our podcasts and our conversations uh, short. We value your time as an entrepreneur. I know that uh, one of the things that we can't get back is time, and we don't have that much of it. So I, we appreciate you taking your time to join us today. Today's podcast really comes from multiple, multiple conversations. Uh, I had uh, several today with advisors that are looking to transition, and we, we sort of use the phrase, it's not about the money, but it's about the money, although it shouldn't be. And what I mean by that is when we're consulting with a, a practice, uh, they're leaving firm A, wanting to go to firm B, almost always, not every time, but almost always, the conversation starts off with, hey, look, I'm not making this move for the money. I want to go to a firm that's going to help me build my practice that has the right culture or technology. You name the hot points that they talk about, but they almost always start off with, I'm not doing this for the money. Unfortunately, at the end of the due diligence process and their decision, too many of these advisors end up making a decision or getting close to making the decision based on the dollars. And look, I'm an entrepreneur, business owner. You know, I'm not doing this for free. Just like, you know, if you're an advisor in the business, you're not doing this for free either. So money has to be part of the conversation, no doubt about it. But it shouldn't be the driving factor in you deciding to choose one firm over another firm. What's driving some of these issues today and what's sort of clouding some of the decisions that advisors are making about where they want to take their business, why they're leaving one firm, going to another firm, and, and for what reasons, is the deals that are out there right now, not necessarily in the retail space, although some some firms out there are still throwing around some pretty pretty big dollars. 
and we're going to get into why we think that's the case in a minute. But even in the independent space, the deals that are being thrown around right now are, I'll call it sort of at the top. I don't even know what the top is. It's definitely an all-time high. It's an all-time high for independence, at least. You have firms like uh, LPL and Sutera advisory groups just up in their deal. It's like the, it's like the Hatfields and McCoys all going at it, chasing the advisors. And this is definitely what I'll call sort of a seller's market, right? If you're, if you're an advisor and you're, you're looked at as like a seller, it's your time. But I would heed my warning in terms of just going to a firm because they're going to give you 20% more than the next firm when you know that the next firm is really where you should be. And this last week, I've sort of dealt with two opposite ends of the spectrum. So let me just run through sort of two examples. Interestingly enough, both firms are coming out of the same, both of practices are coming out of the same firm. One practice is leaving the firm because they felt like they're not getting any service, they're no support, people aren't answering the phones. You know, yeah, he gets a really high payout and that's fine, and but he doesn't get any service. And, you know, he's getting in the high 90s or whatever. I don't need to get into the details, but it's he's getting a high payout. At one point, I guess he got some money to move, but he's getting high payouts. He's complaining about the group that he's part of is just not providing any service anymore. So start off the conversation with, hey, I'm not leaving for the money, but, you know, sort of fast forward a few months. We've been talking to this gentleman and he's gone through some due diligence with different firms for the right reasons. But his decisions are being made for the exact same reasons he he is complaining about his other firm. I want a higher payout. You know, I want the highest. I'm going to squeeze every nickel and dime out of the new firm that I go to. And he's going to end up being put in the same exact situation because he's going to go to some firm because he does over a million dollars who's going to throw the kitchen sink at him. And then a year later or two years later, realizing that they're not making any money because you can only get 100 cents out of every dollar, is going to basically not give him the service he's expecting because in their, it's just human nature. In their minds, you know, why are we rolling over backwards for this guy when we're not making any money on him? That's what happens. But on the flip side, we have another firm and they're going to transition to, to a, a different firm and they're a multi-million dollar team and it's, and it's going to cost them north of $150,000 more to go to the new firm meaning they're going to make sort of on their net $150,000 less to go to this new firm over the first couple of years. After that, it'll sort of level out and they're making the right choice because they're actually turning down an offer from another firm that's giving them more than twice as much money up front. And they're making the right decision because they recognize that the firm that they're going to go to is really the best firm for them long-term to build a real business and to build a firm that has a legacy, that's multi-custody, all the bells and whistles. I don't need to get into all that stuff, but I applaud them for making that decision. And their theory, which is the theory that I would like everybody to take away from this today, if there's one thing I want everyone to take away from this podcast today when they're looking at, if they decided to make a move somewhere and they're deciding between the firm that they know is the right firm for them, but it's less money, you need to look at that as the investment in your future and investment in your business because that's really what it is. 
Don't look at it like, oh, I'm making less money by taking that firm, so I'm not going to go there, even though I know it's not the best firm for me. And I applaud them for doing that. Yeah, I don't know if this is your experience, but I run into that maybe like there's there is really two human mindsets out there. And and one of those is definitely, and this might actually be more specific to how, how you're building a team, but I've noticed one of those mindsets is, okay, uh, let me get the most out of a payout. And then I can give people underneath me, my advisors underneath me, X, and it's a recruiting tool. And they neglect or that they don't see value in the in the in the firm that's that's saying, okay, let let us reinvest into the resources that you're gonna have for your advisors. And and then there's other teams that recognize that and say, okay, look at this firm over here that's reinvesting and, and doing a lot of stuff that we need to to build our team. And they see maybe it's it's just a different view. I don't know that that one's right or wrong, but specifically right now in terms of deals, there's a lot more advisors who are being enticed by, especially the ones I've run across recently, looking to build teams that are that are enticed by these large deals. I totally get it, and I agree. And the team that I was referring to that's taking less money, we were able to negotiate an, an adequately high enough payout where the firm's going to make money where the, the firm that they're going to affiliate with is going to make money. And low costs, low trading costs, they're going to be moving their advisory business to uh, TD Ameritrade. But low enough costs so that as part of their future business plan, they have the right economics to go out and successfully recruit and bring in other advisors into their practice because they, they've gotten the scale that they needed to get the pricing that they needed from the firm that they're joining. But there's, there's a fine line between squeezing every dollar out of a firm so the firm doesn't make any money anymore. But I think to your point, there are some firms out there that are throwing out huge dollars to advisors, and they're not putting any other dollars into building out the platform for their advisors to be supported. And if you're an advisor out there considering making a move, you need to be asking those questions. Because I can promise you the short-term dollars that you get for making a move go away very fast. And then you're stuck at a firm for seven, eight, nine years. If you're in the retail world, it's 10, 11, 12 years. You've spent your money most of the time. And now all of a sudden, you're at a firm where you're locked in. They're not giving you the support that you wanted. You can't grow your business as fast. And the extra amount of money you got from from going to that firm, you're losing in opportunity cost with growing your practice. And it's really important that you understand why you're, fir- you're selecting firm A versus firm B. Now, look, I see a lot of advisors that are RIAs recognizing that in order for them to continue to grow and go after, go after a sort of a smaller roll-up advisor, those guys typically have you know half of their business is brokerage business. And so the only way to get them is if they affiliate or have some affiliation with a broker-dealer. And then the other thing I, th- I, I see with these RIAs is them rolling up into hybrid firms. We just had a conversation with, a, I'll just use a number to give some scale here, with an $18 million practice, almost 19, they have their own RIA and, and they just went through an SEC audit. I took, I don't know, two months, and there's still like four or five months left to go. 
And he swears after that he's done with this audit, he never wants to go through that again. And he wants to get rid of his RIA. And I see that happening more and more and more. But that's, again, that's for another conversation. Getting back to sort of, okay, so if it's not about the money, it shouldn't be about the money. Yeah. Money still has to play a factor, right? So when I moved when I moved my practice back in the 90s, right, which was years, feels like forever now, I made a move and my decision wasn't, my number one decision wasn't about money, but as I said, it was it was a close second. I wanted to go to Smith Barney because that's where I felt like I was going to, my clients were going to be be well taken care of. I can deliver the services I wanted Doesn't to. that all tie back into money, T- time value money? It's about long-term dollars. And where is your practice going to be better off long-term? And are you willing to bet on yourself that you're going to be able to go to a firm, use the services platform that the firm is offering to you to build a better business where you will ultimately make more money? I read a report, something like 70% of lottery winners wish they never won the lottery. Oh, yeah. So if it's about the money, if it's truly about the money and, and you are you need that that short-term money, guess what? 70% will probably fall into a trap. Well, we, look, we can see that all the time, right? We call them professional jumpers. It's these advisors that took a check from, you know, went to wirehouse A to wirehouse B. By the end of their nine-year contract, they blew their money and, you know, they grew their business and probably had a good time. Meaning, you know, it's almost like once an advisor gets the, gets the taste of this check, they don't manage it the right way because they're looking at it in a too short-term way. And, and they end up having to leave again because they didn't grow their business the right way. They because they weren't at the right firm, they weren't happy. So that affects how you grow your business. Now the taxes come due on the money you've already spent and maybe you don't have the money or you have some of the money, but you're using it for your new boat and your new house or whatever it is you blew the money on. And you get into the same cycle. And so we see these professional movers doing this because they feel like, well, I can just keep doing this. But if they just stayed and we've gone through the math with some advisors if you were at the right firm and you stayed there and you grew your business at a good pace, you'll end, you end up making just as much money with less aggravation. Look, one of our jobs, and you heard me talking to somebody about this yesterday, sorry for the sort of 30-second pitch here on our business, but it's what we really think everybody should be looking at is you want to make a move. If you're going to make a move from, from firm A to firm B, you want to make it with the intent that you're never going to do it again. And if you and if you put that as, as a decision factor that I'm never going to do this again, you will make sure that you're looking under the hood with a lot more due diligence and you'll pay less attention to the deal because a point here and there on your payout is not going to have a huge impact on your life and your livelihood as much as being at completely the wrong firm. That will have an impact on your business and on your life because you won't be happy and you'll take that home and you're just not going to be a happy person. It's going to affect your family. It's going to affect everything that goes on in your life. And I know that sounds sort of woo-woo-y, but it's a fact. You want to make sure that you're making the decision. And that's what I really want to want everyone to take away from this, that you're making a decision based on the right reasons, 
for making the move, what it is that you need to get out of the move. And yeah, money is a factor, but do the analysis. How much time do you have in the business? If you're going to be going, if you're going to be going independent, what are the economics for your independence? Pay attention to the net. We're going to do a whole episode on it's all about the net. Don't get enamored with firms that are throwing out 96, 97% payouts because it sounds really cool because they're usually taking it off the back end. So pay attention to, again, technology, culture, company history. What's the legacy of the firm? Is it a firm that you know has been sold multiple times? Whatever the reasons are that you'd be concerned about. If you're in a retail environment, what's the branch culture look like? Who's your branch manager? Granted, branch managers come and go in, in at firms. I see a lot less movement with branch managers nowadays than I did a couple of years ago. So you want to understand if you're a retail advisor, who your branch manager is, what what are they doing in the community? You know, is their family integrated into the school systems? Are they are, are they sort of they they plant their roots in the business because you want those people to be vested in the success of your practice, not just having you hit the bid and they don't care about the economics and they don't care that it's not the right fit for you because they're going to be gone in three years and they hit their bonus because they recruited you in. So you need to just ask the tough questions. And again, I think that's what I'm really trying to get across here is that you need to make sure you're you're making the, making the move for the right reasons. And if you're in the situation where you know the right decision is to go to the firm that has a slightly lower payout. Maybe they're not giving you as much money or maybe they're not giving you any money, but you know it's the right firm for you. You need to look at that as an investment in your practice and in your future and in your family's future. So with that, Dale, thanks for uh, helping me out here. Thanks for having me on. Everybody, thanks for joining our conversation. We, again, hope to provide some real content for you. It's a conversation. This is just the two of us talking about hot topics. If there's anything in particular that someone wants to hear more about, feel free to email us at ercadvisors.com. Go to our website, ercadvisors.com, and we look forward to our next podcast. Thank you very much. See ya. You've been listening to the Financial Advisors Advisor Podcast, brought to you by Elite Consulting Partners, the leading experts in advisor transitions, succession planning, and broker-dealer in RIA M&A Consulting. If you're looking for strategic advice or solutions on any of those topics within the financial services industry, or you just want to subscribe to the podcast, head on over to ercadvisors.com. Yeah.